0: Hey what's up everybody and thank you for checking out this week's edition of the Derek Diamond Experience featuring my conversation with Bobby Sanzavero, Alexander Stein, and Zach Abramowitz from the upcoming film Wild Men. But first I want to talk about the Unicorn Wranglers and the release of their brand new album Murder Mystery Night. It has 10 brand new tracks including their new single Carne Asada and Twin Peaks which happens to be the theme song of the Derek Diamond Experience. Murder Mystery Night is available now on iTunes, Amazon, Google Music, and Spotify. And don't forget to check them out on social media. Like them on Facebook. Their Twitter and Instagram handles are at Wranglers. And last but not least, check out their website, unicornwranglers.com.
1: You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network.
2: This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, diamond, diamond. diamond. Experience!
0: and welcome to the Derek Diamond experience for the week of February 12th 2015 I am your host Derek Diamond and hopefully this podcast finds you in a good place whether it be driving to or from work Maybe you're enjoying a nice day off if you're not listening to this on Thursday. Maybe you're listening to it on Friday and you have the day off. I don't know. Just hopefully you're in a good place in general. I know I am after hearing uh, some news that came out late Monday night, and that being Spider-Man is on his way at long last to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I've been hoping that this was going to happen for a while. And it was confirmed late Monday night, that Sony Pictures and Marvel Studios have agreed that Spider-Man will be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's believed that he's going to first appear in Captain America Civil War, and then he'll have his own movie, which already has a release date in July of 2017, which it also kind of pushes back the release dates of other Marvel films, but... I think it's well worth the wait because sp- this is something that I've wanted to happen for a while. Spider-Man's always been my favorite superhero. And there hasn't really been a Spider-Man movie that has, done, that has been done like really properly. I think the closest was Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire and you had Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. And I thought that was the best overall Spider-Man film so far. But it's even been rumored that this movie will not have Peter Parker. A lot of people want Spider-Man to be Miles Morales from the Ultimate Spider-Man universe. And I wouldn't be 100% against that, but I would much rather it be Peter Parker because, as I mentioned a second ago, his story really hasn't been done properly yet. So hopefully we can get a few good Spider-Man films with Peter Parker and then maybe transition into Miles Morales eventually. But I know the route they're going is that it's more than likely not going to be an origin story. And there is going to be a new Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield is not going to be Spider-Man any longer. But he's going to be much younger and is still going to be in high school. And this won't happen, but I think this would be a very interesting approach. Because I don't remember it really being done in the comics that much. I wouldn't mind if they took a Ben Affleck approach and had an older... Seasoned Spider Man, just because it would be something totally different and unique that we haven't seen before. And I'm hoping that eventually that will happen, but, you know, they're going to go with the younger route, and I hope it's much less of an emphasis on the love story. I mean, I hope it's still there, but it needs to be more about his struggles with his real life while trying to balance that with being a crime fighter. But I'm excited for it. I I really think it's going to be good. I think it's the best thing to do with Spider-Man, and who knows? Maybe it'll eventually open the doors to the other Marvel properties that are not owned by Marvel Studios to eventually make their way back home. But that's really the only major news story that I wanted to discuss. So We'll jump right into our interview this week. and These are three guys who I actually was referred to by a previous guest that I had on my show, uh, Rika DeOcampo from the We Might Be Superheroes web series. Uh, she was part of a indie film called Wild Men, which is kind of a take on a reality show uh, trying to find Bigfoot. It's kind of like a parody, and it's done exactly like a reality show that you would watch on TV, which is a really cool concept. But the three people that I interviewed were Bobby Sanzavero, who was the director, and then two of the leads, uh, Alexander Stein and Zach Abramowitz. And this was one of the more fun interviews that I think I've ever had on the show. All three guys were great, super nice, and we didn't just talk about the movie, but you know, why they wanted to get into film. And with Alex and Zack, they were originally in theater and still do theater, I believe. And hearing their thoughts on the film, the -the behind-the-scenes process, and even, you know, some upcoming movies like the Indiana Jones reboot, the Ghostbusters reboot, and, you know, it was just a really fun conversation. So stick around for this really quick plug, and we'll be right back with the cast and crew of Wild Men. Are you a lifelong Star Wars fan? Do you still consider the Power Rangers to be the greatest thing that happened to your childhood? Or did you just finish binging Game of Thrones and can't wait for more? If the answer is yes, then you need to check out Pensacon. Pensacon is the premier convention on the Gulf Coast. Last year, Pensacon had a great turnout, and this year will not be any different. Come out to the Pensacola Bay Center February 27th through March 1st to see such names as Nichelle Nichols from the original Star Trek, Michael Bean from Terminator, Jeremy Bullock, who played Boba Fett in the original Star Wars trilogy, and many, many more. If you want more information on guests or how to get tickets, just go to Pensacon.com. Pensacon, where fans come together. <laughs> And we're back with my three special guests this week from the upcoming film Wild Man. We have Bobby Sanzavero, Alexander Stein, and Zach Abramowitz. Guys, how you doing? Great. Great. How hey. you Awesome, awesome. And I actually got everyone's names right, I believe, on the first try. You did, sir. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> so where, where are you uh, guys calling
2: us from? Uh, I'm on uh, Long Island right now in New York. This is Bobby, by the
1: way. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Stein, I'm in Astoria, Queens right now. I think Zach's here too, right, Zach?
3: This is Zach, also in Astoria, Queens, but we are two avenues apart and too far away from each other. It's true. I can't look into his eyes.
0: <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. It's yeah, too look, yeah, look. looking at his picture, his eyes are pretty dreamy. Uh, I'm not going to lie, so I, I, can't, uh, <laughs> I can't blame you there. Now, are, are you guys, all three of you, originally from New York? Zach yeah. and I are.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm from uh, uh, Alexander Stein from Colorado.
0: Oh, cool, cool. What part of Colorado? Uh,
1: Parker, Colorado, about 20 miles south of Denver. The suburbs, you know.
0: I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So, what? Um, growing up, were you guys always like into film? Like, what? What were some of your interests growing up? Like, were you movie guys, sports guys? Like, what? What were some of your interests? Like, when you were younger?
1: Mm. All right, who wants to start? I think Bobby should start.
3: Yeah, Bob's right. the man. So go for
2: start, it, Bob Um well, I mean, growing up I had all you know, all the interests I guess a young guy would have, sports and, you know, action figures, all that fun stuff. But it wasn't until I was like twelve years old, uh, when I got a hold of my mom's uh, video camera and I made my first little three minute spoof of Jurassic Park that I decided, you know, this is this is what I need to be doing every day is making little silly movies. So that was the beginning for me. And I just spent my childhood, uh, just making little parody movies with action figures and with my brother all, all through middle school, high school, right up until, you know, turned it into a career.
0: Cool. Cool. What about the rest of you guys? You go next, Zach.
3: Okay. I will go next. Alex Stein. (laughs) Uh, well, yeah. Um, I've always been an actor. I mean, I guess to kind of cliff note it, I was uh, growing up, I always did shows and everything. You know, uh, musical stuff's early on in my career. And then I kind of somewhere in my early mid-20s. I I mean, I always loved movies. I mean, I grew up with movies and I I still love them very much to to this day. And um, now I'm just, I started in theater, but I'm much more into TV and film as of now.
1: So, yeah. Cool. Uh, Uh, What I do? What's happened? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Gr- growing up, um, I, uh, I didn't actually like I was a uh, big into comic books and like drawing and artwork and stuff like that. And uh, you know I was actually talking to my, my friend uh, about this earlier today. That uh, I sort of ran out of like creative classes in high school to take, and there's no way I was going to take like physics or biology. I kind of wish that I had like in retrospect. Um, so I jumped in, and started doing theater, and just sort of fell in love with it. And the people were really great. Um, I used to play a lot of Magic: The Gathering, which I still kind of play a little bit of nowadays. And <laughs> Bobby knows this because yeah. <laughs> uh, we've thrown down a couple of times. But uh, I remember being at a tournament night. On a Friday night, that's what I would do, is go play Magic the Gathering. And these girls that I was in theater with actually drove to the, um, the store where I played and kidnapped me from the tournament. So you can imagine, here's a bunch of like sweaty, gross nerds that live in their parents' basements. And these like three cute girls come walking into the store and kidnap me. It was like the most epic thing ever. Their jaws were on the
0: floor.
1: I was like, you know what? Okay, I feel like this is a good career path for me. Um if if awesome things like this can keep happening.
0: <laughs> that sounds like it should be a scene from a movie.
1: Yeah, like a one of like uh like sixteen candles or something.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what uh like you said you were into comics and everything, like what, what type of specific comics were you into?
1: Oh man, I, I collected for the most part I was a huge spawn fan.
0: Oh, okay, cool, cool.
1: Yeah, and like I had all the action figures, I had like all the comics and watched the HBO animated series and uh that was my favorite one, but i also you know loved marvel too that that was a great universe for me
0: yeah i have always been a marvel fan as opposed to to d c just because they have more interesting characters in my opinion i mean d c has batman, but to me that's really about it
1: yeah i'm I'm right there with you man
0: so uh Bobby you mentioned jurassic park was that was that kind of your favorite movie
2: uh growing up well, it, it was one of my favorite movies, but it was it was at a time like just the right age when I felt like I could start making my own little movies, and it was it was a movie that you know at the time when it came out like ninety four three or whatever it was um, mm-hmm. it was a movie that I watched every single night for like two months straight because um, that was the first time I can remember that you know I was like hooked like. This is incredible. How do I get to do this kind of stuff? And then I just took it upon myself to start writing and shooting my own stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely one of the big ones for me that I can remember as far as like getting me really into film.
0: Yeah, what I tell people about that movie is that it was made in the early 90s, but the effects still hold up to this day. It's one of yeah. the few 90s movies that do that in Terminator 2. Yeah, and that's that, that in my head. That's
2: funny because Terminator Two was another one that I spoofed, making a little movie with my younger brother. We just, you know, we we did a lot of stop motion then because we would just take action figures that I had of like the T one thousand, T eight hundred, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then just one click at a time on on the camera, we would just go through frame by frame and make little stop motion, and then I would hook up two VCRs and kind of edit VHS to VHS to kind of make a coherent little mm-hmm. short film. Um, so that, that really, that got me into it. Um, a lot on the the technical side too, actually, because it wasn't, it wasn't like I could just shoot some footage and plug it into my, you know, editing program just didn't exist then, you know, right so we had to get creative on how we were going to actually cut scenes together and, and stuff like that. So I found, I took it as a challenge and, and, uh, really fell in love with doing that.
0: So are you looking forward to Jurassic World?
2: You know, at first, I wasn't. And now that I keep seeing the TV spots and the trailers, I'll probably go see it. Because um, I you know, I was a big fan later on, a- obviously, after I saw the movies, of of the books. And I just felt the movies went so far downhill after the first one. Jurassic you know. Park was a book? Yeah. It <laughs> 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 was Lost Kidding. World. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, I, you know uh those books really uh did it for me as well, and the movies just never lived up to it uh but you know I- I'll go see the new one i mean I'm curious about it
0: yeah I think there there are a lot of franchises that I don't think should be rebooted or made you know sequels of, but
2: no, uh, no, let's not get into that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, but Jurassic Park, I
0: think is one of them. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, well, that, I'm, okay, I'm okay with seeing another one.
2: Yeah, like I'm, I'm fine with them continuing the story because you could always just say like whatever they're trying to take it in a new direction. But like when you try and take a story and just completely take it back to scratch, that's a tough thing to do and to do properly, you know. So I don't mind that they keep making like Jurassic Park movies. Or like my my favorite film of all time is actually Jaws and. The fact that they, you know, kept making Jaws movies didn't diminish the first one for me at all. It's just they kept getting rid- more ridiculous as they went on. But if they tried to go back and remake the original one, like I'm gonna jump off a bridge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually about to say that's one that definitely shouldn't be remade because you you couldn't no. capture you couldn't capture the magic of the original one. Uh, like it did before. Yeah, and
2: I, you know, a lot of people cite like, "Oh, the shark didn't look real." It's like, well, I don't watch the movie because I would want the shark to look real. I watch it because you know Roy Scheider and Robert Shaw give incredible performances that I don't think can be, you know, replicated. Like, so. Absolutely. That's just going on.
0: Well, well g- speaking of uh, like reboots and everything, just to get your uh, your thoughts on it, what do you guys think of uh, Indiana Jones and Ghostbusters being rebooted?
1: Oh man. Well we got we got Chris could- Rat, you know, there is now the new American like Benedict Cumberbatch, he's like in everything.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
1: <laughs> But I love the guy, you know, it's just Yeah. It, I think that it's an interesting idea, but for for Indiana Jones um in particular, and also the, the female reboot of uh of Ghostbusters, it's just I mean, God bless Harold Ramis, you know. Gonna miss that guy so much. I already do. Like it's so sad, and he couldn't make like the reboot without him. So obviously, something had to be done if they were going to take this idea in another direction. And I think that the female cast that they have is pretty strong. Um, I don't know. I think that Bobby might have some different ideas on. <laughs> to <Death> <laughs> <You know, it, laughs> see what they do with it
2: It had, I, for me the, the all-female thing is not my that's not a problem like <laughs> the problem is like you're taking what i consider a near perfect film and rebooting it it's like i feel like reboots should be reserved for films that sucked the first time around you yes. know like and thing. that that's my big issue with it if you're going to take a really I, i've seen you know reboots of films where just because the original wasn't really that great and you know the new one did something really great with it and that's fine it's it's a whole yeah i don't, I don't even want to get into <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, my blood starting to <laughs> uh,
0: i struck a nerve there i guess yeah
2: <laughs>
0: so um what what was it uh that specifically made you want to get into film slash acting. I know Bobby talked about Jurassic Park, but uh, Zach and Alex, was there like a specific uh, movie or something that made you say, this is what I want to do, or was it your theater background?
2: Um,
3: um, I me personally, I always, I just love all, all these movies we're talking about. I love them all growing up. And uh, especially uh, I can actually remember <clears throat> as a kid, whenever back to the future came on TV I had to drop everything I was doing and watch it. And that was just in, you know, what I love about movies is like the the wonder and the escape and the imagination and the creativity. And like, you know, especially like sci-fi stuff, because it's all about possibilities and what can happen as opposed to some like realistic, very droll, like, you know, snapshot of what's happening with XYZ sad movie. Uh, I just, I just love the wonder of it. And, I think that um, as I've as I've grown up and I did a lot of theater, I I just love film. I just I just love movies. For me, it's um, you know it's like people can have a terrible day or a terrible month or a terrible year, and they go and they escape for two hours in a movie theater, and they leave that movie theater feeling sometimes completely refreshed. A perspective has changed, they feel uplifted, and I love that, and I think that's the gift of film, and uh, it's something I always just want to be a part of.
1: Yeah, um, for, for me, um, like when I was taking these theater classes, when I first started in, in high school, the first uh, scene that that I did that really like captured... You know, what acting is to me is I, I, I had to do a scene from Streetcar Named Desire playing Stanley. And so, like, I went back and I watched the original movie with Marlon Brando and his performance in that movie is just so captivating and just so raw and so real. And uh, it, it just blew me out of the water. And then when getting on stage and doing that scene and actually, like, feeling that and just being like, wow, this is powerful. This is powerful stuff here. Um, and you, you've you got people, you've got the audience in the palm of your hand there, you know, there's something about it. I mean, maybe that's a little like narcissistic <laughs> in a way, just being like, "Yes, I've got you." Ha! Um,
3: I want to I piggyback on what you just said, Alex, because that, see, that's that's the other thing about being an actor. You know, you you, you get to seriously express yourself in ways yeah. that most people and most people just don't because they never would. They wouldn't think yeah. to. But you get to really just like let out whatever is going on inside, and you could just you could just play on that and riff on that. But also, you know, an actor is nothing without an audience. Yeah. And I, I just remember one time um, I was uh, in college. I went to China to do a play in a theater festival. And we're doing, we're doing a play in English in front of a theater of a thousand people from all other regions except the, uh, the United States. And there was one small group from the UK. Everyone else was from, like, all over Asia and Germany And we're doing this play in English. um, And there was this really funny scene about a basic math problem where I I get the math wrong. And I just remember that you get a thousand people who I didn't think got it were listening so intently because it it wasn't their language. And the entire audience burst into (laughs) laughter. And I was shocked. (laughs) I was completely shocked that they understood the joke. And it's one of the, you know, I'm one actor in front of a thousand people. And it was an incredible, like, it, it was as much them as it was me. It's this like symbiosis that takes place. I mean, theater is my first love, and it's where I got my uh, my sea legs. And I love theater because I love the liveness of it. Um, but then, of course, the business of being an actor—you know—it's it, whatever path you want to choose. I, I, for me, I, it's it's been more uh, lucrative to go the, the film route. Yeah, and I can only go back to theater. That's a whole other discussion. Yeah, but I I definitely don't want to stop doing theater. I just want yeah. the film route right now.
1: I've done a lot of free theater in New York. Too much. I think mean, last year I did like seven plays for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get like a hundred dollars stipend like at the end of like a two month like rehearsal and performance period. It's like great, I can buy a Metro card almost. Right.
3: And Bobby took on the set of Wildman, Bobby took very good care of us. You know, he made yeah, sure he, he fed us he gave us beds to sleep in. In the know, murder hotel? Uh, in the murder hotel. Murder he, hotel. He, he screamed at us several times. You know, he's a very angry director. Was very angry. <laughs> but it's that's okay. Exactly that the
2: there's no proof of that. So. There is no, there is no <laughs> proof. We're
1: not rolling during the screaming. <laughs> conveniently.
0: Conveniently. Uh, yeah, definitely conveniently. So, um,. Going out of uh like did you guys take any uh like Bobby did you go to film school uh to learn uh your craft and did you guys do any kind of advanced uh theater classes?
2: Yeah, I um I you know cuz I had already knew I loved film and I had I was also really big into drawing and architecture and everything. So I actually started going to college for uh architecture and I took a couple film classes, you know, as a, like electives, and I just I, – I couldn't, I couldn't get it out of my mind that that's what I really needed to do. So I just – I switched into film, um, and I just, you know, barreled through as much of it as I could to catch up. And, uh, and then, yeah, so I, I graduated with a degree in, uh, in uh, film and, and screenwriting, actually, uh, from Temple University in Philly. Um, and I'm glad I, you know, made that switch because it was it was a big decision at the time. And um, you know, in retrospect, I think it was it was the right move because it's it's what I'm most passionate about.
1: I'm glad you made that switch too, Bobby.
2: Yes, yes, I, I know you <laughs> are. Especially, uh, you got paid to uh, be in the movies. So. <laughs> yeah, me too, I
0: yeah.
3: Paid I also, pay. actually, that's the only reason I did Wildman is because it was a paying film job. Yeah, exactly. That's the only reason I just needed.
0: So. <laughs> hey, you got to go where the money is, right?
3: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we're probably we should discuss numbers on here, but yeah,
0: we, uh... <laughs> we'll we'll keep that on the DL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that'd be, that'd
1: be a Whole other podcast. <laughs> Zach, did you go to school for for theater? Or?
3: I did. Yeah, I um, you know, it was also one of those things too. It's like as I was coming out of high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I always did shows and I always performed and stuff, but I really had no idea. So like, my grades in high school really sucked. And it wasn't until I did the last show in high school, which was a performance, um, literally, of Hakuna Matata from The Lion King, where I played Pumbaa. And I had so much fun. I, I just, that, believe it or not, that was the show that gave me the epiphany that I wanted to be an actor for the rest of my life. So having my grades kind of sucked. I, I started at Community College, Kingsborough, New York. Then I transferred over to Hunter College, studied theater and film. And then from there I just got into the business and I just learned and and all that jazz. And then I've had an acting studio that I've trained at for over ten years, the K. Michael Patton studio in New York. And that's where I really learned how to that's where I learned that's where I first actually discovered, thanks to one of my first influential teachers, Elise Knight, she told me well she didn't tell me, but she was the first person to really demonstrate to me what acting is. You know, I had always I, I deepened my understanding and I've trained there for 10 years, and you know, you want to be an actor, or you want to be a filmmaker, you really don't need to go to school for it, it helps, um, but it, a degree is just a degree. Like, you want to do it, you do it, and you find a way in, and you find the, uh, the opportunities, you know? so I was
1: in the cat, as they say.
3: Right. When I got out of college,
1: when I handed in my last paper of college,
3: and I knew that I was done with school, I was like, sayonara, I was so happy to be done with college. I'm never writing papers every year. Oh, it's
1: college, people. man, that's fun time. <laughs> yeah. well, you know,
3: it depends. you know I, when yeah. every school it's, it's what you make of it.
1: Exactly, exactly. So. Uh, I, I went to yeah, I went to um, college for theater. I have a Bachelor of arts degree with an acting emphasis from the University of Northern Colorado. It's a pretty competitive um, you, you, people don't know it so much, but it's a, it's a really great theater school, Northern Colorado. Um, when I went there, it was ranked as one of the top 10 undergraduate theater programs in the country. And I think like 2,200 people auditioned for the year that I got in. They accepted 25. And then they cut five people after the first year. <laughs> so it was pretty competitive. And uh, we, did, we did a lot of really rigorous training. Um, I think we put up somewhere around 25 productions per semester. So you would you would go to class, you would learn, um, and then you would go to, like, uh, after you got done with your classes for the day, then you would go to rehearsal uh, or performance, or if you weren't in a show, you would have to be on a, a crew of some sort. And uh, after, you know, four years of that, you, you get really close to the people in the program, and uh, you stick with those people, you know, for the rest of your life, because uh, you, you carry that social network with you to New York or Los Angeles, or maybe even around the entire world, wherever you end up. Um, a lot of these people are the backbone of, uh, of, of my social life, and I don't know what I would do without them, without the people that I met in college, um, because we're all trying to do the same thing, you know. you got yes. to sit together. you got you to gotta help people out, you know. The more you help other people, uh, the more successful you'll be, because they'll remember that you helped them. And in but return, they'll help you as well. They say, they say about
3: networking that networking is actually networking is about helping others succeed.
1: Yeah,
3: you know, because people just want to network and say, "Oh, what can this person do for me? I better get to know them." No, it's the other way around. Is how, how are you going to help this person? How what can you give to them in order to bump them up? You know, raise everyone around you up higher. Um, yep, I yeah. agree with
0: that hundred percent. Yeah, man, absolutely.
3: Yeah, and theater, too, is a really bonding experience, especially when it goes really well. Uh, Alex, were you in all 25 shows per semester? No, no man. But all of, were you, t- like, the lead in every show? <laughs> <laughs> you were just, like, the hottest act.
1: No, no, no. There, there were times, though, when I would be rehearsing, like, three shows at, at one point. Oh, my um, God. Not granted these were, like, full-on productions. Like, some of them were one-act's. Um, And, you know, you would have like a big play like that would be on one of the main stages. But um, I I think per semester I would probably end up doing maybe like five. If I was lucky, that would be like the most I could do because, you know, you still got school. You still got work like papers to write and homework to do. Um, So (laughs) you don't want to like kill yourself. But yeah, I think uh, that would be the most amount I would do per semester is about five shows.
0: Sweet, sweet. Yeah. So, um, Bobby, what gave you the idea for the movie Wild Men, and what exactly is it about?
2: Well, um, I had been searching for the topic uh, for my first feature for a while, you know, something that I could really sink my teeth into and... Something that I'd really enjoy making, um, and it didn't just come right to me, uh, but I was actually hanging out with a friend of mine one night, and we were just watching TV, and we came across a marathon of Finding Bigfoot, which, if you're not familiar with the show, is an amazing reality uh, TV show about you know investigators looking for Bigfoot. Um, And we ended up watching, like, eight episodes because it was so ridiculous. And we just kept joking around, like, oh, you know, this show's hilarious. Wouldn't it be funny if, you know, we watch a whole full episode, but then at the end of the episode, they actually find Bigfoot, and he starts ripping them to pieces, Um, yet the show maintains its, like, style still, even while this is happening. You know, the music is still up, the, the rapid cutting and everything, and the uh, the more i kept thinking about it um writing notes down about it 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 ended up turning into a whole script and something that i i felt i could feasibly do you know at the independent level um so i i jumped i jumped both feet in uh started doing it
0: sweet so and uh what what was it like uh cuz that was your first time being a director correct yeah 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 what was it like directing compared to say other uh jobs you've worked at like positions on a on a set
2: well i mean it it was very different because i had never done anything at this level before and you know what what we were trying to do was basically create a parody of you know of a show that already existed um so i had a very distinct idea in my head you know like Parody of this show, but then they actually find Bigfoot um, and treat it like a comedy, a little bit of horror. So, I had only really worked in a capacity uh, like shorts and comedy and stuff, but this this was on a whole new level for me, um, having to deal with like you know twenty actors and ten crew members, and um, I really remember right before the shoot, kind of freaking out a little bit. Because, you know, really the buck stops with you. And if you're not, you know, making decisions and putting your foot down where it needs to go down, then, you know, things can go off the rails pretty quick. But I, I think I fell into it pretty well. Um, I was pretty sure of myself with the project. And, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't let anything really get in my way. And if I did freak out, it was definitely behind closed doors where only a couple people actually saw me freaking out about certain things that may or may not, may not have gone wrong. Um, but, but for the most part, uh, it was, it was an incredible experience. Um, and the amount of preparation that went into it was, was paramount. Um, so I, I really felt like, cause my skills, I feel like I'm very strong organizing things and, applying that really made the production run smooth
0: that's awesome so uh zach and alex what are your roles in in the movie
3: alex shall we draw swords so first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you're, you're the the leader of the expedition so why don't you go first and i'll i'll go second unless you want me to you you're the fearless no, leader so. no that's
3: that's fine thank you sir um I also want to say, Bobby definitely did a lot of pre-production work, and I I live with Bobby, so I would see how, like, I don't know, how many months was it, Bobby, that you were working on this in pre-pro? Uh, Like, eight or nine months. I literally, he would come home from work, and he would be on his computer, organizing, doing everything he needed to do. Like, he literally lived and breathed this film. And... It's it was incredible, and the shoot when we actually got to production, um, it was incredible. Everything that we did get done, and really a lot of it is thanks to Bobby's pre-production stuff. I mean, there's the crew, obviously during shooting that helped us got through it. But if it wasn't for Bobby's extensive planning, I'm talking, I live with the guy, and all he wanted to do was focus on getting this movie on its feet, and he really, um, he really uh, outdid himself here. So. Thanks, Robin, for being a
2: great organizer. Oh, thank you. How many times did I tell you just keep swimming? Yeah, like every day, pretty much. It was I also to... it it was also some motivator. I was good motivator.
3: I saw him stressed out, so I just kept, I just kept inspiring him, man, because I knew he could do
1: it, and he did it. For a second, I thought you said he's a good motor boater. Wait, that, that's I could see doing that, That's the
3: podcast we have tonight, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yes, um, I play the lead in this film, uh, Dick Keffelfinger, the host of the TV show um, Wild Men, and um, it was a really, it was a fun role to play, and, uh, you know, uh, we, uh, Bobby and I talked for a while about, I don't know how much, um, we did some research, like him and I, we watched um, some of Finding Bigfoot, the show, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, you can't watch too much of it, um, and um, a little bit of Grave Encounters, which is this really like famous um, paranormal like ghost hunting movie, and it goes too far, and they actually find ghosts. But that was very serious, a very serious horror film. But it was the idea of this on screen and off screen persona, which was a lot of fun to do. Um, so I just really enjoyed playing the role because it was like this host personality on the air. And then the behind-the-scenes camera would show how much of an asshole Dick Keffelfinger really is. So I got to have a lot of fun with that and um, find Bigfoot once and for all.
1: Oh, so great finding Bigfoot. Oh, my God. It was a wonderful experience. <laughs> he was a, uh, I have to say, Bigfoot was a really nice guy. You know,
0: he, Yeah, uh, he was a
1: really nice guy. Yeah,
0: he's, he's misunderstood. A,
1: He's
3: very misunderstood. Uh, he's actually a big comic book fan. <laughs> <laughs> he, plays, he plays a lot of Skyrim.
0: I, I can see that, yeah, definitely. because yeah, he's just hiding in the woods all the time.
1: Um, so uh, I played Yappy, his uh, Hef's, Hef's uh, brother. I don't know if you've, if you've ever seen Finding Bigfoot. There's a, a guy on the show named Bobo. And he's kind of just this, um, he's kind of an idiot. He's sort of the comic relief, I guess, I don't know. But he's got, you know, a big heart and you just love the guy, you know. So that, that's kind of where I was coming from with this part. Um, and I just absolutely love um, Bobby's openness for us to just sort of roll with things and play and sort of improvise. Uh, it made being on set just so much fun. You didn't have somebody, like, breathing down your neck and telling you it has to be exactly like this. You know, if you worked in a job and you've had a manager that micromanages you, that's never fun. It's the same way with the director. You want to have somebody who's going to work with you, and uh, that was – it just made everything go so much smoother. And Zach was talking about the um, pre-production and the preparation. You know, sometimes you get involved in a film and you don't know really what to expect, um, Bobby sent me, sent everybody rather the uh, the shooting schedule, and this thing was like a work of art. I saw it, I was, it was like color coded and it was so specific. Like, it was a military thing. It was like I saw this thing, and I, it was just like a weight had been lifted. I knew that we were in good hands. Like we okay. we knew what we were doing, and. It, it just like it, and we followed it. We followed it to a T. And sure, there were like a couple of things, like maybe some bad weather um, would happen every now and then. Like there was a huge storm uh, one <laughs> night where we went out to this this car graveyard that's underneath like a what like an overpass uh, by the highway or
2: something. Is that right, Bobby? It's like a 20-minute like a walk from where our holding camp was. So yeah. we were as far away as we could possibly be from, like, shelter when basically our hurricane hit. And we were like, oh, no, we'll just wait it out. We'll just wait it out. Maybe 15 minutes it'll stop. And then it just never did. And then we stayed yeah, there for a half hour and we walked back.
1: Then we walked back. And it was all muddy and just, like, and we got back to holding. The wind had, like, picked up a bunch of, like, tents and, like, <laughs> it was insane, man! Wow. So yeah, you you'll run into little snap it was like that, but you just got to take it in stride, you know.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it definitely. wasn't like
1: that bad, truthfully. Like we got the stuff that we needed, like the next day.
2: Yeah, we were able to, you know, work it into the schedule later, you know, at, at another date. But we 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 actually only shot. um The film only took 12 days to shoot, um, and that was because, you know, we were very meticulous with with the planning and making sure we only shot what we needed and didn't go too overboard with, you know, coverage and getting just additional things we knew we weren't going to use.
0: Right. Yeah, it sounds like you guys had kind of a a loose, fun environment, which I I imagine is probably similar to how it is on actual, you know, reality television.
2: Yeah, well— I'm sorry. No, it it fits the style of of what we were trying to do. So like make making a parody of a reality show, the movie is going to look and feel and sound like you're watching an episode of a of a reality show. We, you know, I copied that to a T pretty much and that allowed me to basically, you know, get the actors together and give them the gist of the scene, like okay, here's, you know, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's the dialogue, like but have fun with it, you know. If you're not feeling it, mix it up a little bit, and that that paid off incredibly. Um, you know, just as we're as I'm going through post production right now, there's so much stuff that you know I wouldn't have wouldn't have gotten if if they weren't able to do that.
0: Right, right, definitely. Now it, it sounds like you guys had uh, had a lot of fun, which actually kind of leads into my next question: What is one funny onset story from Wild Men? <laughs> just one this was just one
2: just just one yeah okay um we were actually talking about this because there's just so many great moments but i think one, one for me in particular and this is because you know i was a ball of stress the whole time trying to trying to hide it um so a lot of things in retrospect are funnier now uh at the time they weren't that funny but for me, um, there's a there's a scene in the movie where Zach and the other main members they they're searching the forest for clues and they come across this this like two foot long giant basically Bigfoot turd and it the thing was my special effects guy put it together for me and it it the thing looks nasty um, what I didn't <laughs> and they're supposed to come up and, and Zach you know he bends over he puts his face right in it like this is incredible and. But, you know, what I didn't tell them was I had, like, a whole bottle of, like, fart spray that I just laced that thing with. So, <laughs> when he stuck his face in it, you know, the it it smelled real. And, uh, and uh, you know, <laughs> what was great was that the fart spray actually attracted, fly- like, real flies. So, the thing was covered <laughs> in real flies. And he gets down and he puts his nose right up an inch away from it. Like, this is incredible and... And it's funny.
3: A- I, I also it- remember thinking as I got down during the takes, I had no idea. I was like, "Wow, this looks so real. Even the flies believe it's real." Like I had yeah. no clue.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic.
2: Yeah. So I mean, we, you know, we tried to have a lot of fun in that sense. Um, there, you know, so many, so many things, but that that one stood out to me, um, just because I remember it actually laughing at the time. You know, because. When you're shooting and things are moving along and you've got a lot to worry about, it's hard to really just take that, those moments here and there to you know, relax and have fun.
0: Yeah, you've you got to have fun on set, it definitely, because it's, it's something that you love to do and you know, it shouldn't be considered work. It should be fun is what, the way I've always looked at it. I've, I've done a little bit of film work myself and that, that's how I've always looked at it. You know, I
3: um, speaking of that, Derek. I I feel like we should also quickly talk about how, like, you know, as actors, you shoot lots of films and you're involved in lots of projects. But like, everyone on board Wild like, it was a seriously amazing bonding experience. Like, you know, it was stressful and it was hard work. Sure, it was it was you know, for someone like me, I was I was doing twelve uh, hour days back to back for almost two weeks um and bobby forget it he, he even even more than i uh but everyone on set wanted to be there and enjoyed what they were doing so really it was like this passion project and everyone was just being real creative and really jovial and it was just like we don't want this to end like everyone was talking about the post post film depression they were all going to go into because wild ben was over <laughs> um and it's true because it's like god like you never have such a it's not that you never, but it's very rare that you have a great experience that everyone feels good about. I remember having this conversation with um, uh, Devin Williams, our first assistant director, and he was saying um, one night towards the end of the shoot, he's like, you know, it's it's usually it's one way or the other. Either um, you've got a great project that on your hands, but the people are horrible to work with. Or or the people are great to work with, but the project is horrible. It's a rare experience when the project is great and the people are great at the same time. And and this was this was one of those experiences where everyone really had an amazing time and it's it's just like the gift that keeps on giving. So it was really a it was really a wonderful experience to be a part yeah. of.
1: And it was really cool too because um I, I completely agree with everything that you just said. Um it, it was an amazing experience. And also one thing that was awesome is that we were <laughs> staying, I think I mentioned it before, the murder motel. There's <laughs> like this, this um motor we took it up? up in the mountains, and we had re- like we had rented out the entire hotel. It was just Wildman, cast and crew.
2: So you found awesome.
1: at set. And we would all just go back and just hang out together. It was like, I don't know. It was just so cool. It was like our little area. That's great. You know? It was.
3: Like a it was a family vacation. That's what it is. Yeah. We all we all became family. Yeah. You know. Every, we all feel like brothers and sisters to each other. Like yeah. we miss each other. We need to yeah. see each other. Bobby, we need to have a freaking rap party. <laughs> oh yeah, now
2: yeah. I miss,
3: and I'm working on it. I miss everybody. I know. It's working but I miss everybody now. You know, it was really a beautiful thing. It's, it's really, we all, we all became family on the set of wild men.
0: It's kind of like summer camp. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Totally. So since, so since you guys are finished with, uh, with wild men, do you each have, uh, upcoming projects that you'd like to discuss?
2: Well, for me, I mean, wild men is going to be my foreseeable future until, until it's finished when um,
0: when do you think it will be finished?
2: Well, right now we're my editor and i we're we're like maybe three weeks into the edit. We're hoping to have a rough cut by mid to late March and then we're gonna go through the whole color and sound mixing process so by by July, I think it should be completely finished that's my it's my goal right now cool
0: cool what yeah. about what about uh the other two guys?
1: Uh, I I don't really have anything coming up in the foreseeable future. Um, I've been going out on a lot of auditions and uh, working at my other jobs, um, trying to make some money so that I can put food on the table and stay not homeless. <laughs> um, so I mean, like I, I I'm also waiting on a lot of things to come back, which is funny because like I shot a movie um, back in like 2012 and I just now got a copy of the footage, so things still are like rolling in for me, even though I don't feel like I'm doing too much acting at this exact moment, I'm still getting work that I've done in the past, which is cool to see, because like you get in these lulls and you're like, man, I, I wish I was doing more, but then you end up getting stuff from, from the past and you're like, you know what, I've actually been pretty busy. Um, and sometimes you lose sight of just exactly how much stuff you've done when you aren't currently involved in doing something at the present time.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Um, I, I have a lot of things that have been circulating. Um, I, I do have to say that uh, I'm definitely most excited to see what happens with Wild Men because I know that in Bobby's hands, I know how much he has sacrificed and how much he has given to get this film off its feet and what he has been through. And I know that Bobby is not going to stop until he gets it where he wants it to be. So I, I'm very confident about that. Um, I also, I'm also, i also a filmmaker myself. So I have a, a television pilot that I produce called Losers, which um, Bobby was the cinematographer on for us back in the summer of 2012 and a little bit of 2013. And it started its festival run in the summer of 2014, and it's already played over 10 festivals so far, and um, it's all—it's probably going to be about. We're waiting on a few confirmations, but it's probably going to be 15 festivals by the summer. Um, possibly, I can't—I can't say for sure. We're waiting to find out, but San Diego Comic Con uh, right. f- film festival out there. So
0: wow, that's great.
3: Yeah, it would be really amazing. And uh, I've never been to California, so that would be a reason to go.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: So, I mean, that's in the works, and hopefully that's going to happen. And uh, just like Alex, I'm here in New York auditioning for TV and film. And uh, I'm just kind of, you know, open to whatever is out there um, and just kind of, you know, live in the adventure.
1: Yep.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And last thing, uh, do you guys have any uh, social media or website that you'd like to plug? Maybe not just you know for the movie, obviously, but maybe for yourselves as well.
3: Yeah, Alex Stein's personal cell phone number is. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Give me a call anytime, baby. He's ready to go. Mm. Uh,
2: well, yeah. So the the movie um, right now, you can go on the Facebook page. Uh, it's just wild men movie, um so that's that's pretty much where most of the updates are going through right now,
1: yeah, yeah like me true. on Facebook, follow me on twitter alexander stein s t i n e the people's character actor this is true <laughs> <laughs> it's for yeah. you people. it's for all of you. I love you all
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a Facebook fan page which basically is like my main portal for everything. it has all my links and like most updates and stuff, and that's. Facebook.com slash Zach Z-A-C-K. So that's pretty easy. Instead of putting my last name, Derek, because, you know, people do like, Facebook.com slash what? How do I spell that? Who's Standard. this a promise fish guy? <laughs> who's, 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 oh, hey, who's this guy? So yeah, Facebook.com slash Zach
0: Slash uh, Zach. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> sure. Just go to the fanpage,
3: Zach Z-A-C-K. You're good to go.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you for coming on the show. This was a blast. Thank Thank you for having
1: us there. Thanks, man. It's so much fun.
0: Big thanks again to Bobby, Alex, and Zach for coming on the show. And don't forget, you can check out all of our shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and NerdCaveNetwork.com. You have the NerdCave podcast on Tuesday, Fist of Monkey on Wednesday, the Derek Diamond experience on Thursday and this Friday we will have time for comics. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube all at nerdcave network. But I believe that's it. So enjoy the rest of your week, have a safe weekend and we will see you guys next Thursday.